Lord God, good shepherd, by the leading of your spirit, help us to listen for your voice as we hear your word read and proclaimed. We pray in the strong name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, usually we read a passage or two from the Bible and then we have the sermon, but not today. No, we're not leaving off the sermon. Uh, today, <laughs> although I do agree with uh, the, the Dr. Bennett, the preacher who married us, who used to say that summer preaching should be like summer clothes, you know, light and not too long. <laughs> well, today we'll have the scripture at the beginning and at the end of the sermon, with the sermon in the middle, sort of a sermon sandwich. We'll focus on Psalm 138, a psalm of thanksgiving. The very first verse of this psalm has a startling phrase. I'll mention that first. It says, before the gods. Well, it's startling because we know that there is one God and only one. God in three persons, but one God. There's a psalm scholar and translator, Robert Alter, who says that this phrase, it may be what he calls a linguistic fossil. That is, something from those times that, that might be from polytheistic days where they believed in more than one God in those areas. Or it might even be a, what he calls an anti-polytheistic gesture referring to all the deities, anything that people imagine to be real gods. And if you don't think people don't believe in real gods that are, or things that are gods and treat them like gods, well, Maybe you need to visit them all. <laughs> Particular brands or money itself are seen as, or treated as godlike. Well, notice that in the three sections of this psalm, the range moves from what he says, before the gods, and that's been variously translated over the years, sometimes judges or angels or whatever, but uh, before the gods in the first three verses to all the kings of the earth in the fourth verse and then the, later on in the presence of enemies in the last two verses. And we have talked before about the Old Testament scholar Walter Brueggemann who describes this psalm as something of a summary of all the thanksgiving in the whole book of Psalms because it asks the community of hearers to remember and experience again the steadfast love and trustworthiness of Yahweh that Hebrew name for God, the living and acting God who comes to deliver. So listen now for the word of God in Psalm 138. I give you thanks, O Lord, for my, with my whole heart. Before the gods, I sing your praise. I bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your righteous faithfulness. For you have exalted your name and your word above everything. On the day I called, you answered me. You increased my strength of soul. All the kings of the earth shall praise you, O Lord, for they have heard the words of your mouth. They shall sing of the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. For though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly from but the haughty he perceives from far away. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, 
You preserve me against the wrath of my enemies. You stretch out your hand, and your right hand delivers me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. O Lord, may my words and may our thoughts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Have you ever telephoned someone only to hear ring and ring and ring with no answer? I'm not talking about those times when you hear an answer machine saying, you have reached 919, blah, 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 leave us a message. I mean those times you leave a voicemail or you send a text or an email and you don't hear back for a while, so you leave another voicemail, you send another text, another email, a Facebook private message, and nothing, nada. Have you ever sent out a plea for help, for assistance, for guidance only to get no response at all. Well, that kind of frustration was not the experience of the writer of Psalm 138. He does not tell us the details of his crisis, but he tells us the result. You see, he wrote this Psalm of Thanksgiving because he said, I called, you answered. Let's look at the three sections of this eight-verse psalm. The first three verses express thanksgiving. The next three call kings to join in the thanks. And the last two verses ask God to keep delivering. And what does the psalm give, psalmist give thanks for? Well, in the very first verse, God's steadfast love and faithfulness. And what kind of love? Steadfast. That's not a word you hear every day, is it? What kind, what kind of love is that? Well, firm, immovable, changeless, steadfast. That's the way God loves us. Psalm 138 is a psalm or song of thanksgiving, and God's steadfast love is what the writer of this psalm is giving thanks for. Now, once in a while, I'll remind you all that you know at least one Hebrew word, hallelujah, which, of course, means praise the Lord. If you're ready to learn just one more Hebrew word, hesed is a good one to know. No, you won't be able to work it in the conversation much, but it's a good one to know. In the, the earlier Revised Standard Version, that word is translated steadfast love 182 times in the Old Testament and kindness 21 times. The King James Version often refers to it as mercy. So you can see why hesed usually refers to, not to us, but to God. But in, in Micah's little book of prophecy, hesed is one of the goals for us where he says, he has showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee but to do justice and to love mercy. Hesed, that's where it is to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. Now, the 34th chapter of, of Exodus tells us of when 
Remember when Moses had to go get that backup set, that second set of commandments, the first group got destroyed. On Mount Sinai, God uses that word hesed in self-description, saying, the Lord, the Lord uh, is God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for the thousandth generation. Now, we won't try to add that other word they use in the Hebrew today. One new word a Hebrew a day is enough. But let me just mention that the other word that's paired with hesed means be firm, be reliable, be permanent. And it's the root word for a word you do know. Amen. That's what amen came from. Well, to give thanks for God's steadfast love and faithfulness, the first three verses use that rich vocabulary of Israel's faith and worship, singing and praying, bowing and giving thanks. All of those are central acts of worship in God's presence. Just as when we worship here in this sanctuary, we sing, some better than others, but we sing and we bow and we pray and we give thanks. Now the middle section of this psalm says, that all the kings of the earth shall praise God. All of them have heard God's will and will sing of the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. And he quickly reminds us that God is not, God is not just for the powerful. He regards the lowly. Even if the world doesn't think much of you and me, and sometimes even if we don't, God does. Now, in the last two verses of Psalm 138, the psalmist lets us know that the troubles, the dangers, the problems, they're not over. He says to God, though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve me against the wrath of my enemies. You stretch out your hand and your right hand delivers me. And in the last verse, he pleads, he prays, do not forsake the work of your hands. But before he begs, he affirms his faith that the Lord will fulfill his purpose in me because your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. You see, troubles don't go away, but God does not go away either. As the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Philippi, he said, I am confident of this, that the one who brings a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. Jesus has saved us, and you and I are to be witnesses to God's hesed, God's loving kindness and faithfulness. One way we testify is by living a life trusting God and giving thanks. Now, you heard what Paul wrote to the Philippians. Now, let us close with our New Testament reading from what Paul wrote to his in that second letter to the Corinthians. The fourth chapter, starting at the 13th verse. Just as we have the same spirit of faith that is in accordance with Scripture, I believed, and so I spoke, we also believed. And so we speak because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and will bring us with you into his presence. Yes, everything is for your sake, so that grace, as it extends to more and more people, 
may increase with thanksgiving to the glory of God so that we do, we do not lose heart even though our outer, outer nature is wasting away. Our inner nature is being renewed day by day. For this slight momentary affliction is preparing us for the, an eternal weight of glory beyond all measure because we look not at what can be seen but at what cannot be seen. For what can be seen is temporary, but what cannot be seen is eternal. For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. When you are in the midst of trouble and you call on God, may you find that God answers you with strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. As you go out from this place to seek to do God's will, may the steadfast love of God give you hope. May the redeeming power of Christ give you courage. And may the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit give you strength this day and every day. Amen.